Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. When it comes to comfort down below, there's underwear and there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. To put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. See what he did there? Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've ever worn before. As a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a non-wedgie guarantee. No wedgies, comfortable, stay put, waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather light, moisture, wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. No bunching, no riding up. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find them at over 1,200 retail locations across the country. Give three apps about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Patrick for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Patrick for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Patrick. Once again, hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Patrick for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash Patrick. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. That's fertilizer. This is Dan Patrick. This is our two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. One of the great dunkers of all time, Dominique Wilkins, will join us. The human highlight film will join us coming up in a couple of minutes. Also, the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, will stop by as well. By all accounts, the NBA All-Star Weekend was a tremendous success, and we'll soon uh, learn if the uh, league carries that momentum in the second half of the season. The problems with the TV ratings have been well documented. Some numbers came out. The Golden State Warriors' local ratings are down 66%. Clippers are the big winners here with uh, the addition of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. There are plenty of storylines, though. The Bucks have a chance to get to 70 wins. Lakers and Clippers seem to be on a collision course. Zion is healthy. Intriguing storylines to watch. A lot of great young players. And, of course, there's a chance that everyone is waiting until the playoffs to really focus on basketball. And even though the NFL season is over, Tom Brady becomes a free agent. Football will probably take the headlines in the news cycle. A lot of positives, though, about the NBA, and I think the All-Star Weekend, a perfect display of all the creative and talented players. We'll see if that excitement continues for the remainder of the season. Did you see those numbers, McLovin, with yeah. uh, the local ratings? Not good. Now, does that mean that Golden State's fans are fair-weather fans if uh, you know they're not watching on TV? They're down 66% on NBC Sports Bay Area? Yeah, Paulie. I think that's unfair. I think Golden State fans are taking the year off. Like, the team is taking the year off. No, I mean, unintentionally. They lost one of their best players. The other two good players, very good players, are hurt. It's like, we'll take the year off and do other things because this season is irrelevant. If you look at some of the other teams, the Nuggets are down 72% on altitude, and they have some carriage issues there, so some cable issues. Um no team is averaging a four-point rating in their local market. Just seven of the teams, Spurs, Bucks, 76ers, Thunder, Lakers, Blazers, Celtics, have a three-point rating. Eleven teams can't even get a one rating locally. That includes your New York teams. A .85 for the Knicks on MSG, a .45, the league's third lowest mark for your Nets on Yes Network. The Clippers... 86% rise to a .97 on Fox Sports Prime ticket. That's the league's highest local increase there. You know, it's not basketball is not the same as baseball. Baseball with uh, their their local TV revenue is pretty impressive. But uh, you know, those are that's a pretty wide uh, range of uh, ratings there 
from really good to really bad. I'm going to guess Golden State will be back in uh, in the plus percentage next year. Yes, McLevin. You know, I talked to a guy in my basketball run on Saturday, and I said, are you watching a lot of NBA these days? He says, yeah, I wake up in the morning, I watch 10 minutes, highlights on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's got to be, a, that has to be a big part of the way we consume it. But I think we do that with everything. The, the late night TV show, when's the last time you stayed up to watch Jimmy Fallon? Or Colbert? I mean, I, I watch the clips, you know, carpool karaoke, or Jimmy Fallon does something funny. Uh, Colbert has, you know, some kind of, stinging commentary. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, same thing. I'm not staying up to watch it, but I'm aware of the clips that come from those shows. Yeah, McLevin. Well, why is NFL different? I think there are reasons, but NFL ratings are up. Well, there's gambling and there's fantasy. Is it because they're on during the day? And and it's it's during the day. I think that's a huge plus. I mean, you got Thursday night and you got Monday night, but all those games during the day, that's not interfering with anything. Yes, Eden. I think the shortened season, too. You only have a certain, a small window to catch yeah. these games, whereas in the NBA, you basically have nine months, you know, start to finish. Yeah. Where you're like, ah, there's no real urgency to watch anything. What's the poll question we're going to go with, McLevin, in the okay. second hour? Uh, how about this question? If you could only watch one team, except for your home team, we're taking them out in the NBA for the second half of the season, who would it be? Okay. I give you the Bucks, the Lakers, the Pelicans. Uh, then I'm not sure who else goes on there. Do you put the Rockets because of their experiment on there? Do you put the Sixers on there because everyone wants to see the chemistry? Well, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm fascinated with all of these things. I mean, I, I will try to sample as many games as possible in the course of an evening. But is there like a team where you're, you're very curious to see LeBron, how he does, or if Milwaukee can push 70 wins, or you're just going to go across the I, I'm curious about the Rockets during the regular season. I'm not curious about the Lakers and the Clippers, unless Paul George is going to have that nagging hamstring injury. I'm curious about my Memphis Grizzlies and also the Pelicans of the growth of those two teams, because they might not be playoff teams this year, but they'll be knocking on the door here in the next two years. I really think that they're that's a fun, exciting team. Those two teams are fun fun to watch. Dominique Wilkins, uh, Hall of Famer. The Atlanta Hawks, Vice President of Basketball and uh, Special Advisor to the CEO. Neek joins us on the program. Neek, thanks for joining us. When's the last time you dunked? Well, let's see. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, can I still dunk? And I, of course I can, but only problem is only on Fridays. I need a week to warm up. <laughs> uh, when you got that nickname, the human highlight film, you were in high school? I was in 11th grade, and a guy named Howard Garfinkel gave me that nickname at five-star basketball camp up in Holmesdale, Pennsylvania. And what did you think about that nickname? Well, you know, it was funny because, you know, I got that nickname after an All-Star game. I scored 42 in an All-Star game. <laughs> and my game was kind of unorthodox, and so they couldn't tell how I was going. So make a long story short, they said, you know, we're just going to call him the human highlight film. And I hated the name. But as I got older, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I can make a little money off this name. <laughs> so it stuck. You won the slam dunk contest twice, right? And then you, you lost out, you famously lost out to Michael Jordan uh, in 1985. D- does, that, does that bother you? Still bother you? No, it doesn't. Uh, you know what? I, I look at it like this. You know, it, the fact that they're talking about it 32 years later, let's know it's the greatest dunk contest ever. You know, um, and, and we are forever joined at the hip. But no, no matter who won, the, the fans got their money's worth. But do I th- did I think I won? 
Absolutely, I do. <laughs> but, Nick, if that was in Atlanta, who would have won that dunk contest, you or Jordan? Oh, oh I don't want to. Okay. I don't want You know, and Jordan and I, this is the first time in 32 years he and I even mentioned a dunk contest to each other. We've never talked about it. When did you talk to him? Uh, this weekend. So what did you say? Does he acknowledge well, that you won that, Nick? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. But, you know, we know we were we were at lunch. We were sitting at the hotel, and, and he said, Nick, you won. You know, I said, okay, you know, it's cool. I said, well, give me the check that they gave you. We call it you don't want the trophy. You don't care about that. You want the check. <laughs> the check, man. <laughs> and then you but, lost to your teammate Spud Webb in uh, the following year. Uh, yeah, in Dallas. Um, you know, it, it was a real sentimental thing. In Dallas. But, you know, Spud was great. He was great. He really was. But, you know, I probably won four, but I got credit for two. But it's all good. <laughs> what advice would you give Aaron Gordon? You know, it's tough when you lose two contests that you should, probably should have won. And I think he, he should have won both of those. Um, it's hard for him to come back. I, I know it is. You know, because, you know, he's thinking in his mind, okay, what else do I got to do to win? And so for him, and he just saw some of his comments, it's kind of only deter him from wanting to do it again. Who do you think won the dunk contest? Um, I would say Gordon won. <laughs> he definitely won. Yeah, I like how people say, well, he didn't really jump over Taco Fall. He still jumped over. Let's say Listen, Taco 7'5". Seven, 7'5". Seven, <laughs> Are you kidding me? And, and, and I, mean, well, I, I stood next to Taco the other night, yeah. and I'm like, holy God, this, this, this kid is long. And the fact you went over this guy and grabbed the dunk, man, and that, that, that's almost impossible. Could you imagine dunking over Mark Eaton? I wouldn't have tried. <laughs> I wouldn't have tried. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, I looked at the accident waiting to happen, so <laughs> I wouldn't even try to. But the fact that he attempted it and 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 he uh, was successful in completing that dunk, it's pretty amazing. I, I don't know what they were looking at. Every time I have Doc Rivers on, I always make him tell me a Larry Bird story. You got a Larry Bird story? Well, there's a few. Some I can't tell, and some I can. You know, I. You know, Larry. Larry was a. a a unbelievable competitor, and I remember. I remember first time I ever played against him in the Boston Garden. I'm a rookie, and I go shake his hand. He takes his hands and put behind his back. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, maybe he just getting into the game. First play of the game, he said, "You don't even belong in this league," and he hits a hits a three. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. And he did it again on the second time down. So at this time, I'm pissed off. And so I'm coming down the wing, and he's backpedaling, and they pitch the ball to me, and I jumped, and he jumped. And I said, I got him. And I dunked it on him. He fouled me, and I'm pointing at him. I'm talking crap. And he said, hey, rookie. I said, what? He said, I like you. You got he said, you got, you got heart. He, he didn't say that. <laughs> you, know, you understand what I'm saying. You got but, balls. Right, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, but I'm still getting forty on you tonight. <laughs> I still, I still love that. You were on the court, I think, Nick, when when Bird went off in New Orleans against you guys. When Cliff Levingston and uh, Antoine Carr got scolded by Mike Fratello, it's still one of my favorite videos. Those guys were. It felt like they were rooting for Bird against you know their own team. 
And you know what? I made sure those guys, all those guys, got fined three thousand dollars for that. Really? You know, I, I, oh yeah. Oh, I was mad. You know, I mean, you know, because we both had a great game. He had a super game, and uh, he was so hot that he was shooting threes with his left. <laughs> it was amazing. He's an amazing player. But the trash talk that went on back then. Like, like, we never heard it, but now we hear about it. Uh, who was the best trash talker? You know, Bird talked trash, but, you know, you know, he wasn't one of those type of guys that talked all the time. He just tried to get into your head. But the guy who talked the most trash was Chuck Person. Ooh, the rifleman. He never shut up. <laughs> what would he, he say? never shut up. <laughs> I mean, he just be talking random stuff. All. You know, I remember one game we played against each other, and— I had like, I think I had 42, I think in the end of the third. And he says to me, you ain't scoring no more tonight. I'm locking you down. You ain't all that. I'm like, son, I got 42. I don't want to score no more. I'm tired of kicking your ass. I, I still think you're one of the best in-game dunkers of all time. Uh, Sean Kemp is up there, too. Uh, who else would you put in that category of actually doing it in competition? You know, you know, it starts with the granddaddy of us all, and that's Dr. J. Yeah. Oh man, he was he was something in game. I tell you, guys that nobody ever talks about or talks about is David Thompson. Yeah, we just didn't get to. He missed the TV era, Nick. You know, he was, yeah, he did, he did, he did. And he I might have had the best vertical I ever saw. I, oh my god! I, if, if I take when I was in I mean, high school, when he was at North Carolina State, I used to go to the practice up at NC State. And I used to see him cup the ball with his left and jump up and punch it through the basket with his right hand. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He's the most incredible leaper I've ever seen. Yeah. But, you know, of course, you got Michael Jordan. you got Vince Carter. I mean, one of the greatest in-game dunkers uh, that I've seen. If I said you could create your ultimate slam dunk contest, you and three others, who do you want? Uh, of course, Michael, the doctor. Vince, that'd be a pretty good contest. Yes, it would. Now you were a great two standstill jumper. Um, how good were you at? You know, Doctor J could take off in the foul line. You know, Michael was one of those guys. Now, and granted, you guys could all you know jump off two two legs, but that seemed to be where you were more, most explosive. Why was that? Well, it's always you're always more explosive going off the two because you have more control. Uh, even if you get hit in the air, you're still able to finish the play. A lot of times you call off a one. I mean, you're still explosive, but if you get hit just a little, it'll throw you, it throws you off. But I, I, I started out as a one-foot jumper. You know, I mean, I could go from the free throw line and all that stuff, but I started jumping off the two, and it kind of it happened by accident in a game. And it was against Milwaukee, against Bob Lanier along the baseline. And I just started using, you know, going off of two feet more, you know, as my career went on. What's the best poster you ever created with one of your dunks? Oh, man. <clears throat> That's a good one. Um, probably one against Robert Paris, you know, uh, after a pitch from Spud. And, you know, my thing was going to the rack hard, and I was trying to throw it down as hard as I could on big guys. So I think that, the bobbling me along the baseline when I double pump turned, 
backwards and come back around. He's going down. I'm still going up. And, <laughs> you know, so you know, it's, it's quite a few. It's hard to say one was better than the other, um, but it was some. It was some great moments. What advice would you give Zion Williamson? You know what? I, it, you know, Zion is a freak athlete. He really is, man. The guy his size to do some of the stuff he does is pretty amazing. Uh, the thing I would tell him is that continue to grow as a as a as an individual as far as developing your game inside and out to make his game more well rounded. But you know, the guy's a guy. What twenty years old? He got all the time in the world to develop. But I wonder what kind of player you would be today. Would you have to develop a three-point shot, Nick? I had to. That's the thing that people don't realize. Um, when they when you ask me about my game, what the first thing they look at? Dunking. Yeah. Uh, I may have averaged two dunks a game. I had games where I had 40-plus game. I only had one or two dunks in the whole game. Uh, I've always just shoot the ball from the perimeter. You know, I shot the three. I made more than 500 threes in my career. Uh, but the three-point shot wasn't important to me. I only used it if I needed it. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I was a mid-range nightmare for guys. I mean, they couldn't guard me in the mid-range, you know. But I, I could always shoot the three. So you ask me, what would I do in this era? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it would be over 35 again. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, though, some of these – like how many threes would Bird have shot per game? Because back then, like your first half of his career, you know, these guys were shooting maybe two or three at the most because it wasn't considered good basketball. Well, you know what? If you took a three, it was fine. If you took two threes, it was fine. But if you miss your third or fourth three, coach was putting somebody else in the game. <laughs> you know, because it would consider, you know, a bad shot. And if you're going to continue to take bad shots, you know, they'll put something, you know, they'll put another guy in the game. Trey Young's pretty special. You get to see him on a nightly basis. Who does he remind you of? I love Trey. I love Trey. I mean, this little guy with so much heart. A lot of toughness he got for a small guy. But, he's, you know, people talk about his scoring. But the most impressive part about his game to me is his court vision and ability to make people around him better with his – I mean, the, the kid can freaking pass. Special did, player. Did you see him nutmeg James Harden in the All-Star game where he put it between his legs, Nick? He, he's been doing that all year. I know, but against James Harden and that – like, I, I don't know. The other guys, it feels like they're just random. But James Harden, it's like, whoa, whoa, he just did that to James Harden. Hey, he doesn't care. <laughs> you know, he, the one thing about Trey, if he has an advantage, he think he can if he can use some of his skill to get by you with some of his tricky dribbling passing. The kid is amazing. I mean, I, I love that kid. I mean, it's just, it's just great for me to have a chance that he and I talk a lot every day before every game, man. It's just, it's just special. You know, if I have Jordan on, I'll ask him about that lunch he had with you. He'll deny that he told you you won that Sam Dunn contest. Well, we, we you know, we, we we were kidding each other. And, and he's like, hey, no, you, Nick, yeah, you know, you probably won. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I said, you know what, Mike? And I told him, I said, you know, man, the fact that we're still talking about this stuff lets you know it's the greatest, right? And he said, absolutely. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Hey, great to talk to you, Nick. Uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, would you you just turned sixty? Uh, it's kind of hard to roll off my tongue. Yeah, I just turned sixty. <laughs> yeah, I just turned 60. Yeah. you're if you're still dunking at sixty, Nick, you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I can 
I can still dunk, you know, but it's going to be one of them little fingertip dunks, you know. It's just scraping the top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for spending time, Nick. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. Thank you. That's uh, Dominique Wilkins, former NBA All-Star. He actually went to Greece. I think he was like in his mid-30s, and, and he, he would have ended up with 30,000 points. And I think he ended up with like 26,000, something like that. But he went to Greece and played there for a year or so. Uh, but he, he would have gotten 30,000. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, his career, it's almost like it's different than Carmelo Anthony, but because of the team he played for, he didn't go as deep into the playoffs, and he doesn't get that NBA Finals recognition. But, you know, he was averaging 27, 30, 29, 30, 26, 26, 27, 28 in the heyday of the NBA against great players. When I worked at CNN and I was in Atlanta, we were in the same building where the Hawks played, the Omni, and we could actually leave our office at CNN Sports, walk over to the Omni, plenty of seats still available, by the way, but I'm seeing they had, a, you know, Kevin Willis, they had Doc Rivers, they had Neek, Antoine Carr, Cliff Levingston, Fratello's your coach, John Battle was in there, they had a, and Spud Webb, they had a really good team, but the crowds would only come out when the teams like the Lakers and the Celtics came to town. That's when people would show up. Yeah, Paul. We were just showing, our, our TV people were showing all Dominique highlights during your interview. And if you saw us going, oh! Cause <laughs> he, he didn't just dunk over people. Sometimes he would double clutch it or spin it like tomahawk it. He wasn't just getting the dunks done. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, like he would go up and, and do that double clutch, but draw contact and still, even after the contact, get up for the dunk. And Len Bias reminded me when I, you know, you see Dominique, Len Bias, I think, could have been that kind of player coming out of Maryland. All right, we'll take a break. 21 after the hour, we'll get to your phone calls uh, coming up. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. 66% of men start losing hair by 35. I started on my 32nd birthday. I think I did like a self-check and noticed it. Not a good idea, but it's going to happen to all of us. Once you start noticing thinning hair, it may be too late. It's 2020. Medicine and science can help you do something about it. It's not 1885 anymore. Grab the new year by the follicles. Hims helps guys be the best version of themselves with FDA-approved products. The best part, no awkward in-person doctor visits. Answer a few quick questions online, and a licensed physician will review and determine if it's a prescription that's right for you. We highly recommend you check them out before it's too late. Don't wait five years and say, oh, I'm going to get on it now. Dive into 2020 hair first. Our listeners can get started with the first month free. Go to hymns.com slash Patrick. Seriously. Check it out. You don't want to wait five years, seven years, and then you're way past your prime, if you know what I mean. Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Three months minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See the website for full details and important safety information. Saw this story. Uh, Tom Curran, NBC Sports Boston, says uh, Tom Brady may, uh, may bypass a tour. He would have teams come to him. Sort of like Kevin Durant. I get that. I mean, he certainly earned that. Is he is he reporting this, or is he saying that's a theory? Uh, he says Brady may try to set up meetings at one location instead of creating a circus. So he may, 
I don't know if it's an official report as much as just this is what he thinks is going to happen. I get that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. But where are you visiting, Tom? Are you visiting him in Connecticut, in L.A.? That's what I want to know. Where's Tom going to be? Is, does somebody get a home field advantage there? Yeah, Paul. When do you guys want to do the bet, Tom Brady, home or the field? Stay with the Patriots or go elsewhere? I know we have time to do this, but it would be nice to go on the record now. You got, you got either the Patriots or any other team in the NFL. I think we got to wait till the start, right before the start of free agency. So we have a couple of weeks before, like mid, we have, we have a less than a month before free agency. But, yeah, we can do that. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, like if you had to put a certain amount of money, I go all, I'm throwing out on the Patriots. I don't know what the Vegas odds are, but. You're, he's staying with the Patriots. Yeah, I just feel like that's the safest bet, right? Yeah, probably. Well, I don't know what Vegas has if, if they have Patriots overwhelming favorite and then they have Raiders in there, Chargers in there, other in there. Titans, Colts. Yeah, I still think my guy Philip Rivers ends up with the Colts here. Yeah, Brady doesn't feel like a Colts fit. Well, as Seton has pointed out, can you imagine Brady going to the Colts after all this, you know, I, I don't even know what the uh, the apropos word is with, uh, you know, the, those two franchises. With, you know, the whole deflate gate there and then Brady's going to go back. I know that you don't have the same people in power there. Ryan Grigson's not there. He got Ballard there. But I, I, I'd be curious, Brady to go to the Colts. Even though you get to play indoors, you get to play for Frank Reich, you got a good offense. Like, all the things, all the pieces are there. I just don't know, Tom, would how that would look. Yeah, Paul. I got the latest odds. These were just put out a day ago by Odd Shark. It's, it's pretty vague, but this is what they come up with. He's overwhelmingly a favorite to return to the Patriots. The teams in order, odds-wise, for him to play it for are the Raiders and the Chargers both at plus 300. Yeah. Then it goes down to Titans, Colts, Panthers, Cowboys, Dolphins, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it looks like it's a three-team race with with the Chargers. I, I don't know about the Raiders. Chargers, I get that. And maybe the Raiders are a better landing spot for him. But I, I don't know. I don't know what he thinks of John Gruden. Does he want to have be coached by him or Anthony Lynn going to Vegas? I don't know. Feels like the Chargers or the Patriots for me. And I thought that all along, that if, if he did leave, it, it would be for the Chargers. Yeah, Paul. If you guys were producing the NFL, the best for the storyline, the best for the league, for Vegas. Coverage, Vegas? Yeah. With Gruden. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yep. You know, new team in town. Tom comes in. Yeah, McLovin. I was thinking about Vegas. Like, don't old retired musicians go and, like, have residence there? Doesn't yeah. that feel like a Tom Brady residence? It'll be, like, a, more of an event than an actual, like, football so, team. So in the like, in the off season, he could go to Caesars and then just have a stage act where he could be up there telling stories? He doesn't need to do it. He has the on season to be the Alanis Morissette of the NFL, basically. I don't know if Alanis Morissette is setting up shop oh, there. Oh, Celine Dion. I yeah, wrong Celine Dion. Singer. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he, I just heard that Morrissey, the singer, is doing a residency in Vegas. Maybe that's Shania Twain, maybe another Canadian singer. Elvis Sinatra, of course, was the first one to really, didn't he? Yeah. Sort of plunk down. And Brady's got like that. Yeah. But, but it's I, an entertainment product as much as a sports product with him, right? To some extent. I don't know what the entertainment value is with him. 
But to draw fans to Vegas, oh, draw yeah. fans to L.A. No, you, de- you definitely – he would be great to have for, you know, those fan bases where – another reason – people in Vegas are going to go see the Raiders because of the novelty of that. The Chargers, they're past the novelty. And if you had Brady there, then you're going to get some people to go watch Brady. I think so. Yeah, McClellan. What's your take on how the Chargers move to the new stadium is going to work? Is this Last year was so embarrassing. It just feels like it's the Jets in Giants Stadium. Yeah, it's it, this is the Rams stadium. The Chargers are you know just renting. Uh, they're they're tenants. It feels like and it's the same way with the Jets. It was always weird. You go to you know MetLife Stadium. It was Giant Stadium, and the Jets played in Giant Stadium. And that's why I was hoping that the Jets would play in its in they build a stadium on the West Side Highway area, and there were a lot of rumors about that that they were going to have a. That if the Mets and Jets were playing in New York, in New York City, how great would that be? It'd be awesome to be able to just take subway, walk to a game. That would be great. Yeah, Paul. McLevin, you live in Brooklyn. How convenient are the Nets for people in Brooklyn and New York? Is that, how much is that helping them? So easy. It's uh, But I don't know how much is helping them. The Nets also have that second team. Well, it's here. better than the Meadowlands. It's, it is better. Yeah, and, Met- and it is easy to get to. Paul, yeah. you hit, on, hit the nail on the head there. But, but if you had that West Side Highway, where, where Hudson Yards is now, that explosion of real estate there, Hudson Yards, they were looking at putting it there. Yeah, McLevin. But it's only, what, 10 games a year. What would you do all the other days? Well, you're the talking concert? about – well, no, if you had the Mets and the Jets oh, there. Oh, sharing one stadium. Yes. I remember the Jets were heavy. I didn't know that they were going to go together. But say you just got the Jets. Wouldn't it be just sitting there for too many nights? Maybe you could do a soccer, XFL, concert venue. Would you have a roof over it? I mean, there are all those possibilities here. All right, let me get a couple of phone calls in. Zach in Atlanta joins us. Hey, Zach, what do you have for me? Hey, what's going on, DP? Hey, bud. 62185. I wanted to weigh in on the question about best in-game dunkers the last 40 years. I wanted to throw in the name Sean Kemp, see where he ranks up there for you guys. But uh, have a good day. Suck it left side. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, we brought up Sean Kemp. I, I see a lot of Sean Kemp in Zion Williamson. Sean Kemp could have been one of the great players of all time. And I still go back to that series when Seattle lost to the Bulls in the NBA Finals. I thought Sean Kemp was the best player on the floor. And he was a guy that the Bulls did not have an answer for. That was a fun series because you had a lot of personalities in there. Uh, Nick in Texas joins us. Hey, Nick, what do you have for me today? Uh, I was thinking on the Astros, uh, the the punishment, since the Dodgers and the Angels uh, want uh, the players disciplined, why not uh, suspend the 217 players, uh, former and current players that are still on the team, suspend them for the year, and then uh, all of them, and then uh, just pick up uh, the – what do you call it, farm system uh, players to replace them for for that particular year? Uh, that'd be kind of tough. You'd have to replace everybody. You'd have to shut down the, the team. So AAA would be brought up there. You can't discipline the players. The commissioner should have said this from the beginning. You know, this is what baseball didn't have in place, and that is the rules against doing what the Astros did and what the Red Sox did. And, I mean, that's really what it's coming down to. He didn't want to fight the Players Association. But you could take away that trophy as the commissioner. Because it's just a piece of metal. 
take away that trophy, and then everybody gets punished. Because this was collaborative. This was systemic there with the Astros. You know, guys who knew what was going on, but I didn't do enough to stop it. All right, sorry. We're going to take away that piece of metal there. Then you don't have to fight with the Players Association. You've made your statement, and then I feel like the fans will then go, okay, they got punished. Because that's what you want. Now we're okay with pitchers throwing at the Astros, whereas before, you're cowards if you pick up a baseball and throw it at somebody trying to hurt them. We don't like when you get away with something. Like OJ. He got away with it for a while. And I'm not I'm not comparing that stealing signs to what OJ did, but the concept of getting away with something. That's what we were mad at with OJ. We'd see him out there playing golf, you know, you know, telling us he was looking for uh, Nicole's killer while taking his ball out of the cup. And then he got busted for you know, what he did in Vegas, and then we're like, okay, that's a little bit of satisfaction here. To me, the damage was done with OJ. You go to prison for a decade, so what? You know, where you're, you're take kidnapping people and you got guns there and you're trying to get memorabilia. I mean, that, to me, it, it, apples and oranges. All right, he went to prison, who cares? It's he didn't go to prison for what he did when he murdered those two people. Yeah, Paul. I'm sure a lot of baseball fans are rooting against the Astros, but wouldn't it kind of be fun from an awkwardness standpoint to see the Astros win the World Series and Rob Manfred have to hand them the trophy? The piece of metal. Yeah, the piece of metal yeah. and the awkwardness of it. Or even better, if somehow Justin Turner wins MVP for the Dodgers and Rob Manfred has to hand him that award. Piece of metal. That, one of those two, want, you want those to happen. Oscar in Arizona joins us. Hi, Oscar. What do you have for me? Hey, what's up, DP? Hey, bud. First of all, nine one ninety. I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be on the show with you, DP. I love the boys. Uh, a viewpointer for the guys, Fritzy. We need more perverted and more inappropriate Fritzy. It's the best. Uh, McLovin, a little bit more against the grain, please. Uh, Seaton, I got you. I got my medical card. Come down to Phoenix. And Paulie, his subtle jokes are gold, man. I love them. Oh, uh, yeah, I was thinking when they were talking about the Astros when they would say, yeah, I need a little bit load of but maybe five runs from Justin Verlander or Cole. Maybe I was thinking maybe the guys, maybe they wanted, didn't want to talk about it in the open. They're probably walking around during stretching, doing circles, doing downward dog, maybe whistling the Andy Griffin theme song around, letting them know that they're going to need to load up today. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. All right, uh... He's going around the room telling you guys uh, everything he needs, you know, from you guys. <laughs> a little more against the grain. Seaton, you got a medical marijuana card waiting for you to hook up. <laughs> Allah, very generous. And we got Paulie around for sneaky jokes to make us laugh. Yeah, there I'm in. Sneaky jokes from Paulie. Larry in Arizona, and then we'll take a break. Hey, Larry. Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. The, um, I have a cold, so pardon my voice. Yesterday, Joe Madden said that he didn't want to talk about the Astros anymore because it's time to move on and, and to let the healing begin. And my question was, who needs to be healed? Well, in the future, <laughs> Houston Astros are going to need to heal their ribs for sure. But the other thing that's caught my attention is, I don't know if you've noticed, but over in uh, Europe, yeah, UEFA, the governing body for uh, European soccer, has thrown Manchester City out of the Champions League for two seasons because of their pesky Russian oligarch owner cheating and lying about their money. 
And I thought maybe that's a good solution for the Astros. They can play their regular season, but they're not eligible for the playoffs in the World Series for two seasons. Wouldn't that fix it? And isn't everybody just tired of cheating and lying in every aspect of our lives in this country? You feel better, Larry? I do. No, I don't. I'm fighting oh. cold. I just told you. Oh, I know. But, I mean, you got that off your chest there. Do you think that's not a bad idea? I, I, I would take away the title. All right? So, thanks for the phone call there. It, because that, it's symbolic. And I don't need to, because you vacate a title doesn't mean you have to give, give that title to somebody else. But I would just take away the title. That's all. You've already rendered it meaningless. It's a piece of metal, so who cares? Take it away. I just can't use this as, when you say they have to, did you see the looks on their faces? Like, okay, for like one or two days. And then what? And then you move on. So I don't, I don't know if that, there's no deterrent here. You haven't even come up with rule, you know, a rule to put in place here. I don't know what's going to happen to the Red Sox here, but if I if I was going to punish, and you can't punish individually, then I would punish the team by taking away the World Series trophy. That's it. Yeah, Paul. I know what Larry's trying to say. Manchester City broke the rules, and they won't be in the UEFA uh, Champions League for the next two or years. UEFA. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that's a secondary tournament, not a secondary tournament. That's a, a tournament separate from their main league. The main league for Manchester City is the Premier League, like MLB is for the Astros. If the Astros played some type of world tournament of baseball, that would be similar to be if you're barred from that. That was a big deal, though. For Manchester City? Yeah. That, that's millions and millions and millions of dollars of revenue lost. But, but was the owner lying about how much he was paying there? They don't have a, a salary cap or anything. They yeah. have financial regulations, when you could pay people, how you could pay people. They, they're being accused of shifting money away from the normal process. They broke specific financial rules. Isn't that how the owner got his billions in the first place? <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Yeah, Seaton. Yeah, I mean, it's a big enough deal that they're talking about uh, if even Pep Guardiola was going to stay because uh, his contract is up at the end of the year and how many players were going to leave because they couldn't play in Champions League anymore. You know, I mean, they're talking about the whole team could be falling apart. Yeah, they went from, you know, that underdog great story, and then they became this powerhouse, and now they get their legs cut out from underneath them. All right, we'll take a break here. Guess who thinks they should have been the athlete of the decade? Find out next. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. More phone calls coming up. I uh, saw this story, and it had to do with uh, an athlete. I'm going to guess that we can call him a former athlete who thinks that he should be, should have been the athlete of the decade. 
In fact, goes even further to say he should have been the athlete of the last two decades. Here's Floyd Mayweather on the Drink Champs podcast. I love LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But far, when we talk about athlete of the decade, that's me. Right. And I, but that's me hands down. No, I respect that. Because how can I... How can, I, how can I dominate? I dominated from, and I'm still active, basically. Right. So we're talking about from 1996 mm. to 2020. Mm. You understand? And I never received, I never received mm. athlete of the decade mm. at the top and Forbes, and I'm my own boss. No Gatorade behind me, no Sprite behind me. Damn. Oh wow! No, no yeah. Nike behind me. Thank you. Like that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta realize these are billion dollar companies. Wow. And we, and we like to call it placement. So if, if they pay, you get what you want if you're paying enough. Right. But we're going off just, just honestly, I'm the, I'm the athlete of the decade. No, the last two decades, actually. Okay. Uh, first of all, you're not. You fought ten times in the last decade. You're a boring fighter. Uh, I think you've had one knockout in the last ten years. You're an unbelievable self-promoter. As far as businessmen, I'd put you number one. At least you're up there with, you know, LeBron and, you know, some of these other guys who were on the verge of being a billionaire. Floyd is a great marketer. There's a reason why big-time sponsors haven't been in your corner, Floyd, because stuff out of the ring. But in the ring, he's not an exciting fighter. Like, technically, he's, he's you know, brilliant defensive fighter. The Conor McGregor charade, you know, Manny Pacquiao with one arm. Like, what, 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 you don't even come close to Let me start with Simone Biles, right? That's somebody who's perfect. Serena Williams. Like, just start with those two. You want to throw in Tom Brady in there. You want to throw in LeBron in there. And there's probably a variety of other players, athletes you can throw in there. Uh, you know, Usain Bolt, Lionel Messi, Steph Curry. And Floyd is a wonderful promoter, and that's what he's trying to do here. But, you know, you're telling me, hey, you're still active. God, I, I don't want to sit through another one of your fights. I mean, you really haven't been that active here. Yes, yeah, That was, I remember watching, I uh, got him and Pacquiao, and it went the full round. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know if there was barely even any punches thrown, it felt like. And I was like, why did I just spend $110 on that or whatever? Yeah. I stayed up until, like, 3 in the morning <laughs> watching this crappy fight. Like, great. Yeah, you know, Floyd's undefeated, and he's got a lot of money. But he's still searching for something. He just wants somebody to say, "You, hey, you're the greatest. You're whatever. Pat him on the back. Give him some love there. I understand it. You're, no, you're, not, you're not even close to being the best athlete of the decade. Not this decade. Yeah, Paul. But I guess right there encapsulates Floyd Mayweather's uh, genius to be talked about without doing anything. And that's what he's better at anybody. He doesn't do anything. His boxing matches are boring as hell because his talent is not being hit and, and outlasting people. But he kept, keeps you talking about him even though he's retired for years. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's right he's not or wrong. getting anything out of this now. No, but even just discussing this, he way, way to make himself relevant again for a minute. Yeah, but it's not like he's capitalizing on anything. It's, if anything, it's people saying, you know, Floyd saying something silly. But he, he like, Seton and I, I spent 100 bucks on Mayweather or Pacquiao as well, because Floyd made you feel like you'd be doing something wrong if you didn't tune into this. That was it. Something's going to happen, and nothing ever happened in his fight. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not too excited with it. But, I, you look, he, he, you go on a podcast, and 
your host isn't going to challenge you. Just say, yeah, mm, mm. Like, you know, at least return fire a little bit here. Just say, what about uh, Serena Williams? Or, you know, she actually gave birth and was still winning. I mean, what have you done, Floyd? And like Conor McGregor, how about if it was UFC and you uh, fought Conor McGregor? All right, now you got my attention. If he would beat Conor McGregor at Conor McGregor's sport, not boxing. Uh, let me see. So final hour, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, will join us coming up. We'll get to more of your phone calls. If you missed Denny Hamlin with us in the first hour, he talked about that final lap at Daytona, and uh, he did not see the crash at first. And if you have not been at Daytona, you don't realize how far away he was when he was celebrating. There's a lake in the infield. Like a full lake is in there. He's a mile, over a mile away from Ryan Newman's car. They did not know the severity of that. And I know social media was uh, pretty rough on Denny Hamlin. Take a break. Final hour coming up. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. 